Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Luke. Hello and good morning, faithful listeners. This is Jen here with the P40 Ministries podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is the podcast that brings you the Bible every single morning in order to help you understand the relatability of the Bible in the modern day. Today, we're going to be talking about Luke chapter one. And, you know, this is a kind of an interesting passage of scripture and one of the most taught passages of scripture, I would guess, especially around Christmas time. In fact, we're moving into the Christmas story. And uh, one thing I really wanted to do actually a couple months ago was try to finish Mark early so that we could move into the Christmas story for Christmas time, but it just didn't work out that way. So sorry, we're doing the Christmas story a little bit late, (laughs) or I should say really, really early in the year, but it's still going to be great because we're going to talk a little bit more about Not so much the Christmas story, but just some of the historical context that surrounded uh, everything that was happening here. And we might we might get into prophecy a little bit, too. But let's go ahead and talk about Luke chapter one, verses 26 through 38. Grab your cup of coffee and your Bible and read with me. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. version this morning, but please feel free to read out of the version you like to read out of. Let's go ahead and start. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin pledged to be married to a man whose name was Joseph of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, you highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was greatly troubled at the saying and considered what kind of salutation this might be. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. There will be no end to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, seeing that I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is born from you will be called the Son of God. Behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing spoken by God is impossible. Mary said, Behold, the servant of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. On Thursday, we talked about Zacharias, the priest, and his wife, Elizabeth, and how they were very old, and she was unable to have kids, but yet now she was uh, able to have a son because the angel Gabriel that we see here with Mary went and talked with Zacharias in the, the temple because Zacharias was the priest for that month or week or whatever it was that he was supposed to go in every single day and make sure that the incense continued to stay lit in the temple. So Zacharias went in there, lit the incense, saw the angel, was really scared, and then of course didn't believe what the angel had to say. He just didn't believe it was possible that 
that um, he was going to have a son because his wife and he were just so old. But of course, the angel almost like punished uh, Zacharias for his unbelief and he became mute so that he would know for sure that this was going to happen and he wasn't going to be able to speak until his son was born. So then at that point, Zacharias finishes up his stuff for however long he had to do it for and he goes back home, sleeps with his wife, and she does in fact become pregnant. So then for five months, she kind of hides herself away. And the reason for that probably was because she was just overjoyed. And you know, the first five months, you know, she wasn't trying to hide that she was pregnant from people because the first five months, typically you don't see much of the stomach yet. (laughs) I mean, from six months on, that's when you start getting real big, but you know, for the first five months, she's, she's hiding herself away to pray to God and just, she was just overjoyed at the fact that she was having a son in, in her old age. So then after this, the same angel that visited Zacharias was named Gabriel. So now it says that in Elizabeth's sixth month of pregnancy, she was no longer hiding herself. And it says that the angel Gabriel was sent from God to this place called Nazareth. Now, Nazareth, we'll find out later on, was a really small area of Galilee. And it was actually looked down upon. It was not, you know, rich. It was actually pretty poor. They were miles away from the uh, water. So they didn't have a good water source. They might have had like a well or two, but they didn't have a lot of water and they were poor. So Nazareth was kind of looked down on. And we'll see that later on where, um, who was it? I think it was Nathaniel was sitting under the tree. We might've already talked about this, but Nathaniel was sitting under the tree much later on when Jesus obviously was already born and he was a grown man. And when uh, Nathaniel heard that Jesus was from Nazareth, he's just like, Psh, what good comes from Nazareth? <laughs> <laughs> and I find that so funny as somebody who like lives out in the sticks. I can really sympathize and even relate to that as, uh, you know, people in this area of Ohio are kind of like looked down on as like, you know, not very cool. But anyway, <laughs> it says that this same angel Gabriel goes to visit this woman named Mary. Now, Mary was betrothed to this guy named Joseph. And back in these days, the wedding ceremony process would have taken a while. It wasn't just uh, engagement and then marriage like we do nowadays. There was like this formal agreement that the dads had to make with each other. And then the two, um, the two kids would have to like talk with each other and I think do some sort of ceremony and then make promises and make vows. And at that point, they were considered married, but they weren't allowed to have sex with each other until the actual like wedding thing. So then at that point, once they were considered to be married and they made their vows to each other, except for like conjugal vows, basically the groom would go away and start building a house for his future wife to come and live in. And this could take a while. This could take a year. It could take a year and a half. It could take what they no one knows. I mean, it just depended on when the groom finished the house and then he would come for his bride and then they would uh, do the wedding ceremony and then they'd be officially completely 100% married. So Mary, it looks like, was in the second stage of this formal wedding thing. So she was past the vows and she was betrothed. In other words, she was officially-ish married to Joseph, but not exactly. 
She had no conjugal relations with him, and he was probably off going and building a house for her and getting a job, setting stuff up, whatever he had to do in order for her to come and live with him. So this is where Mary is right now. She was a complete virgin, but she had a boyfriend, a fiance, whatever you might want to call it. She was officially-ish married. (laughs) (laughs) but not exactly. So the angel comes to Mary and uh, it says that he says to her, rejoice, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. I can't even imagine if this supernatural being was just all of a sudden in front of me and saying all this stuff to me. I would lose my mind. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Who are you? What is this? (laughs) And Mary has basically the same response. She was greatly troubled at the saying. And a lot of people like to say that it was because Mary was um, scared that she was highly favored because she didn't want to be highly favored because people who are highly favored by God often have something difficult they have to do. I don't know if that was the case or not. I mean, the Bible doesn't go into that. I'm going to guess no, because Mary had a lot of faith moving forward. I mean, here's what she says at the end. She says, okay, let just let it happen. That's what's going to happen. Let it happen. So I don't know if it was that reason, just like the fear of not wanting God's favor. I think that's kind of funky, but I think she was just first and foremost, terrified that there's some guy standing there (laughs) with her all of a sudden. And then also all that stuff that he says to her, maybe it was, uh, she was humble and so didn't necessarily think that kind of stuff about herself or just the fact that it was just so bizarre this situation she was suddenly in that she just became afraid and afraid of the angel's words. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what Mary was feeling at this point. It just says that she was afraid at the sayings that the angel was giving her. But she considered what kind of salutation this might be. If I know anything about Mary from what Luke gives us, I think the word consider would be one of the best words to describe Mary. She was constantly pondering and considering. She was thinking about stuff that was happening around her. And Luke constantly is showing that about Mary. I mean, there's a few times where it says she pondered the things that were happening with Jesus in her heart. And we do know later on that she became a Jesus follower, which I can imagine will be very hard for a mom to become the follower of her child in a way. I, I don't mean like, like, you know, my mom follows me on YouTube. I don't mean that, but like becoming like the servant of their child, I think would be a very humble kind of position for a parent to take. And we do know that Mary was not always in that position with Jesus because we see later on that she was like kind of ordering Jesus around a little bit and uh, even trying to get Jesus to stop talking because she thought he was nuts. But later on, after Jesus's death, we know that she became a Jesus follower. So that shows an amount of humbleness and the fact that she had been pondering these things or considering these things for many, many years. And it kind of starts right here with the, this angel. So the angel goes on to say, you know, behold, you're going to conceive in your womb. You're going to give birth to a son. You're going to name him Jesus. And she's like, what? Like, how can this possibly be? Because, you know, I'm a virgin. I haven't had sexual relations with any man. So this is impossible for me. And I want you guys to notice something, you know, back in those days, If a girl who was betrothed, either or, if a man or a woman who was betrothed 
to somebody, went and had sex with somebody else, whether they were a male or a female, it, they could be stoned by their fiance. So Mary knew that this was not an easy thing. And she was asking the angel, I think not only how was this going to happen, but how am I going to be protected in a sense? So, of course, the angel answers her and he says, you know, the spirit's going to come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. If you go back to the Greek, it's talking about that cloud, that same cloud that we saw in the wilderness back in Exodus. This cloud is going to overshadow Mary and the spirit was going to do something supernatural and allow Mary to become pregnant. Now, here's the thing about this. And I think a lot of people have gone wrong with this is some people actually think that the spirit and Mary had like intercourse. I truly 100% don't believe that's the case because God is all powerful. He's supreme. And intercourse is how we understand how pregnancy happens. But God is truly above that and doesn't need that to happen, first and foremost. Secondly, intercourse with Mary would have been adultery and God does not sin. And thirdly, it's actually very clear that that was not the case, okay? It says that the spirit was going to overshadow Mary, similar to that cloud we saw in the Old Testament, in the wilderness with the people. And the same kind of cloud that was with Jesus when he was uh, transfigured before his disciples. So this cloud was just going to surround Mary. The spirit was going to do something supernatural. So unfortunately, uh, people often go wrong with very weird things. And I think that's one of them. I truly don't believe Mary had intercourse with the Holy Spirit. Moving forward, the angel shows that God is all powerful right here. It says, behold, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is her sixth month. And she was barren. She's been called barren. And now here she is having a baby in her sixth month. And then in verse seven, one of our most favorite verses, nothing spoken by God is impossible. So this is showing Mary that this is all true and that she is going to be protected. And of course, I can imagine that Mary and, you know, Elizabeth was Mary's cousin. I should throw that out there. But I can imagine that Mary was just so excited to hear that about Elizabeth, maybe knew some of the stuff Elizabeth was going through and just really wanted to go out and see Elizabeth as soon as possible. And Mary says to the angel, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. So even though she might have been afraid, she might not have known what was going to happen. She still says, I am God's servant and let this happen according to your word. Now, one last thing before we conclude in verses 31 and 32, the angel says to Mary, he says, behold, you are going to conceive in your womb and you're going to give birth to a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He's going to be great and he's going to be called son of the most high. I think it's really, really interesting that the angel says to Mary, he's not exactly going to be your son. He's going to be God's son. And he says he's going to be called son of the most high, not your son, not Joseph's son, but God's son. And this is true. This was prophecy that the angel was saying to Mary. He's saying that this is going to be God's son. And we know of Jesus now as God's son. We Christians don't call him Mary's son or Joseph's son. We call him God's son. So this is prophecy that the angel is giving that has completely come true nowadays. And the second thing that comes true is verse 32. It says he's going to be great. 
which is so, so true to this day. Us Christians, we still talk about Jesus. We still are trying to spread uh, the love of Jesus. People now all over the world are coming to faith in Jesus in droves. I mean, Iran right now is one of the uh, strongest growing Christian areas in the world, I believe. And that is all because of Jesus's greatness, Jesus's authority in the fact that we call him the son of God, and that is who we worship. So I think it's interesting that the angel gave Mary this little snippet of prophecy that has in fact come true. So at this point, the angel Gabriel is done with his message and he ends up leaving Mary. And that's pretty much where we're ending this story today. So friends, this was Luke chapter one, verses 26 through 38. And this is the start of the Christmas story in Luke. So I hope you guys are going to keep joining me for more of the Christmas story. So join me on Thursday, bright and early, 6 a.m. or whenever you wake up for an episode out of Luke chapter one. And we'll talk more about um, Mary going to visit Elizabeth, her cousin. But tomorrow we're going to be in the book of Leviticus again. And don't forget, on Friday, I'm having a special guest on the podcast, and um, he is somebody that I deeply respect and admire. He is the writer of the Enduring Word Commentary, which is, I believe is the most popular commentary out there to this day. And it's resourced a lot among everybody, and this is going to be Pastor David Guzik joining us on Friday on the podcast, and he's going to be sharing with us some really special things about the book of Leviticus. So join me then as well and you know friends and faithful listeners have a fantastic rest of your day and as always happy listening and god bless